This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Comedy is at an interesting point in this moment of social reckoning. Things that we used to all laugh at are now being looked at more critically as symptoms of a problematic culture that needs correction and maybe change. Which is why Dave Chappelle's new Netflix comedy special, Sticks and Stones, has proven difficult for so many fans of comedy and of Chappelle himself. In the special, the comedian mocks the alleged victims of Michael Jackson, for instance, and explicitly critiques those of us who are calling out public officials and celebrities for insensitive words or actions that were carried out months, years, or sometimes decades ago. Here to talk about this is Osita Winevo, who is recently writing a piece for the New Republic about the changing landscape of what is socially acceptable and what will likely get you canceled. Osita Winevu, uh, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, in the beginning of your piece, you talk about the comedian Lenny Bruce, someone who faced obscenity charges back in the 1960s for some of the things that he did. Do you see these modern comedians as an extension, I guess, of Bruce? Or is there something fundamentally different in either their message or the time in which we're living now? This is a thing that has been with us since the beginning of comedy. Uh, Are we in an era that we haven't seen before? Well, the reason I start with Bruce is that very early on in ch- to uh, Sticks and Stones, the new Chappelle special, uh, before he starts talking about Michael Jackson or offers his jokes about Michael Jackson, he tells the audience that he is going to say something he is not allowed to say. Now, I thought that was a very strange statement, given mm-hmm. you know my own sort of personal knowledge of uh, the history of not only standard comedy, but you know the fact that decades and decades ago, when you were not allowed to say something, it meant something more than people were going to criticize you on Twitter, or people were going to criticize you in a blog post. It meant, in Bruce's case, that people were going to go after you with the law. There were censorship statutes or obscenity statutes that uh, he fell victim to uh, late in his career, and ultimately the legal costs and the burdens of dealing with those laws um, and society as it was back then, ultimately contributed to his eventual uh, tragic death. But we have this sort of environment now when people like Chappelle will make jokes. Uh, Shane Gillis, uh, another comedian who I mentioned in the piece, was just fired by SNL after it was revealed that he had made racist jokes in the past. People have looked at the criticism of Chappelle, of Gillis, of other comedians, and said, well, this is a terrible, terrible time to do comedy. It's impossible uh, Sarah Silverman said that we're living in a McCarthyistic uh, era because people are facing these criticisms. And what I argue in the piece, not just about the comedy world, but about the sort of cultural environment right now, is that that's going too far. I don't think it really makes sense to say that we're living in the McCarthy era because people are advancing criticisms of jokes based on how the culture has changed. I think that comedians uh, who have controversial material now just sort of expect that there's going to be some pushback. Um, but don't <laughs> then go to the, to, to the point of comparing that pushback uh, to real censorship or the McCarthy era or sort of suggest that people are doing something untoward and totalitarian uh, by criticizing these jokes. You should sort of have to accept, if you're a Dave Chappelle or any other comedian, that if you're making jokes about Michael Jackson, you're making jokes about transgender people, some people are going to criticize you, and that's okay, just as you have the right to make the jokes that you feel uh, are going to appeal to your audience, and people have the right to 
criticize you for making those jokes. I think that's all fine. So, so I've always thought that comedians uh, are sometimes being provocateurs uh, by, mm-hmm. by, by doing this thing, these kinds of things. They know where the lines likely lie with their audiences or with the, the general public, and they cross those lines uh, with the purpose of making us think about how right. we draw those lines and think about how we enforce uh, the rules that we have. Is, is that what Chappelle is up to here? I think that is what he's up to. I mean, I think, you know, people have been making jokes about Michael Jackson for years and years and years. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that that's necessarily uh, groundbreaking comedy anymore. But I think that controver- uh, comedians, obviously, part of their role in our society, to the extent that they have a productive role, is getting us to think about things that we might not be willing to think about, pushing us in controversial directions, etc. That's all well and good. What I think is new is that comedians will then will take on this sort of role as a provocateur and make the controversial jokes. And when they get pushback, say, well, I'm being persecuted now because people didn't like this joke. I'm being persecuted now because somebody wrote tweets <laughs> saying <laughs> that this joke was bad, which I think is an outrageous thing to say. If you're going to be the provocateur, as people like Bruce were in a much, much more difficult time to do comedy, then you should be brave enough to accept the fact that people are going to criticize you without adopting this stance that you're being martyred because people are advancing criticisms of you on social media. Bill Maher just did an interview uh, recently with the New York Times where he sort of gets into this mode where he's saying, you know, I I say these things, they're controversial, but you're not allowed to say that stuff because people are going to get really mad and people are oversensitive and blah, blah, blah. blah. Nobody is is going to topple Bill Maher via Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's built up this reputation of being somebody who pushes buttons, who generates controversies. That's been the case for years and years and years. To the extent that he did face professional consequences for his comedy, it wasn't coming from social media. It was coming from major networks. It was coming from people with a lot more power than, than sort of the oversensitive young people that routinely get blamed for cancel culture. Um, so I think it, it's perfectly fine for comedians to be provocateurs and to push us. That's, that's what they're there to do. But it's also fine, from my perspective, for people in the audiences, people who see the comedy from afar or hear about it from afar, to advance criticisms of the things that they're saying. I think that's part of the give and take of being in society. If you're going to be provocateur, you should understand that you're going to provoke people. And they might have things for, uh, that are worth uh, listening to in response to what, uh, what you make in, as jokes. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I want to take a listen to another part of... Uh, Chappelle's uh, latest latest uh, work. Uh, this is him talking him about himself as a victim blamer and Michael Jackson. Uh, and this is one of the clips that uh, that people seem to really be reacting to. I'm gonna say something that I'm not allowed to say, <laughs> but I gotta be real. I don't believe these. <laughs> I do not believe. Them. But let me qualify the statement. I I am what's known on the streets as a victim blamer. (laughs) You know what I mean? If somebody come up to me like, Dave, Dave, Chris Brown just beat up Rihanna. I'll be like, well, what did she do? (laughs) Dave, Michael Jackson was molesting children. Well, what were those kids wearing at the time?
don't think he did it. But you know what? Even if he did do it, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's Michael Jackson. Uh, that's Dave Chappelle really pushing buttons, not just about uh, child molestation and Michael Jackson, but also about domestic abuse. Um, uh, Osita Wanevu, talk about what what he's up to there. Uh, and, and as you as you said, you know he he prefaces that by saying, "I'm going to say something I'm not supposed to say." Uh, mm-hmm. at, at the same time, he then says something that I don't think anyone sitting there was expecting him to say. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. e- even in the in the context of breaking the rules, uh, he is he is way over the line there. Well, I think that's up to, you know, people who listen to that routine to decide for themselves whether he is or isn't over the line. I don't really advance much of a perspective on that in the piece itself. What I find mm-hmm. the most objectionable, the most, <laughs> the most troubling to me in a sort of societal sense about that routine is the way he starts it by saying, I'm going to say something that I'm not allowed to say. And he just sort of says it in a very kind of flip <laughs> way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't know, I don't think he's, I, I think that that in itself is a kind of joke. Um, but we live in a time when, you know, the President of the United States is one of the people who's benefited a lot from this idea that we live in an overly politically correct time and people are being too censorious. People should just be able to say whatever they want to say and, and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think that anything that contributes to that impression, which is not true, again, by any objective standard, we are not living in a time like Lenny Bruce's time. This is, I think, by all reasonable standards, the greatest time for free expression in the history of mankind. It's, it's an incredible society that allows Dave Chappelle to say the things that he says uh, in those clips. But for, for him to, that, to make the claim, despite that, that we're living in a time when people are being beaten down for being controversial, I think that should be, that the people should examine that idea and, and, and see if, if it's something that we should really take seriously. Because again, we have comedians um, who are out there comparing the comedic environment to the McCarthy era. Um, and I, one of the things I note in the piece is that there are a lot of comedians who are getting rich from... Uh, being people who will not just be controversial, but then make the claim that uh, this is a routine or this is a special that's going to get canceled. This is a routine that's going to make a lot of people mad. And that's the, that's the entirety of the joke, right? It's not that they're... <laughs> the substance of those routines is this is going to be controversial. It's not that they're commenting on some aspect of society uh, like, like um, Chappelle's doing with Michael Jackson or... Uh, abuse, whatever. It's not. It's not that they're saying something controversial about those things necessarily. The, the point of the specials is the controversy itself, which I think is a very kind of empty, cynical thing. Um, if, if your if your point is just you're going to make people mad and that's it, mm-hmm. I don't know that that necessarily counts as good comedy. But it is. Com- it's a form of comedy that's making a lot of people rich. People are making a lot of money and calling young people who criticize these routines, whiny and oversensitive and triggered and all of these things. And I think it's, it's for a very hollow, um, hollow, um, I guess, evolution of, of the medium. It's, it's not 
it's not what I consider great comedy. But again, people have the right to sure. watch Chappelle and, and think whatever they're going to think about um, the things he says. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've tuned in. My guest is Osita Wanevu, uh, and he's written uh, a recent piece in The New Republic about Dave Chappelle's new Netflix uh, uh, work and the idea of cancel culture, the idea that uh, there are new lines, perhaps, that comedians and others are not supposed to cross. Did you see Dave Chappelle's Netflix special? And what do you think of the things that he says and does during that special? Did you think it was funny? Did you think it was offensive? Did you think it was provocative? Which I think is one of the things that Dave Chappelle is up to in this special. Uh, Also, tell us what you think of the state of comedy and pop culture right now. Is it changing? And is the line for things that are no longer okay to laugh at in 2019 also kind of changing? Is it changing in a way that you think is good, that gets us to a place where people aren't saying offensive or insulting things all the time? Or is it uh, kind of an example of political correctness, Uh, the idea that uh, somehow certain things are off limits? Uh, Also, tell us, does it depend on who you are, uh, the way you sort of interpret these things? If you're perhaps the object of some of these jokes. Uh, Does it seem different to you than if you're not? Uh, As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Also, give us a call and tell us what you think of the idea of comedy in the age of Donald Trump. Uh, Think of the things that the president says. Think of the things that the president does and the line crossing that he indulges. Uh, Does that change the way we think about other things like comedy, Uh, intentional line crossing? uh, Does that make it more difficult uh, for comedians and others in uh, entertainment to figure out where the rules uh, have them uh, doing their work. Uh, again, 313-577-1019. Uh, before we get to calls and comments, uh, Osita, I want to I put that question to you. Uh, what effect does the president of the United States have on the way we are uh, interpreting these things, the way we are taking things like Dave Chappelle uh, is he shaping the era for entertainment as much as he's shaping uh, the landscape for political dialogue? Well, it's hard to separate kind of cause and effect in the case of um, in the case of the president. I mean, I think that he, as I said just a minute or two ago, is somebody who has really advanced this idea that we're living in a society that is too politically correct, um, and that when he says things that people find over the line racially. Um, or otherwise, well, that people respond negatively to it. Well, that's just a product of people being overly sensitive, and we need to defeat all of these overly sensitive people and, and sort of implement the policies that uh, deep down everybody knows ought to be implemented and say the things that every, deep down everybody thinks ought to be said. I think that's a really, um, certainly that, that's a message that has been appealing to a lot of people, um, but it's also... It's also a message that has allowed the president to sort of say a lot of things that are untrue, um, to advance racially divisive, racially demagogic um, messages, um, often aimed at specific people. 
Um, everybody's, everybody knows. Everybody's, everybody's lived through this presidency just as I have. Um, so I think that this idea of political correctness uh, as, as a boogeyman uh, is something with a real, uh, real political potency. And it's something that we see being formed into policy in certain areas. For example, uh, the president a couple of months ago announced that he'd, he'd take an interest, and the federal government would take an interest in uh, reestablishing free speech on college campuses. Because mm-hmm. there's this idea out there that college students um, have upended free expression and are imposing all kinds of restrictions on the kinds of people are allowed, the things people are allowed to say, the kinds of people who are allowed to speak. Now, I personally think, having followed a lot of these stories as a journalist, that the extent to which there is a supposed crisis of political correctness on campus has been wildly, wildly overstated. But nevertheless, that impression is now allowing the president and Republicans and conservative think tanks who have pushed for this policy change to then say, we're going to withhold federal funding from schools that aren't meeting our particular definition of political correctness. We see this happening at the state level, Republican legislatures uh, trying to change the environment at state universities, trying to make sure that free speech or their definition of free speech prevails on campuses, right? So whether or not you agree or disagree with the, the idea that campuses have become too politically correct or societies have become too politically correct, it can't be denied that this isn't just a social, cultural conversation, right? This is now a political conversation with policy mm-hmm. implications. So again, if you, when you have people like Dave Chappelle, or you have people like Bill Maher, or anybody else in comedy, even though they seem removed from the political environment, um, but when you have them contributing to this idea that we live in an overly censorious society, we live in a society where people can't say the things they, allow, they, uh, they ought to be allowed to say, that is something that feeds into uh, the, the political climate we're in. It's something that I think down the road leads to certain attitudes that create very real comedy, uh, policy change that, um, you know, that might not be obvious to people who are just sort of watching a routine and hearing these things get said. But this is one of the reasons why I think we should take it very seriously when people like Chappelle make claims about you know, consequences for them saying, provocative jokes. Sure. I don't think that the consequences are, in his case, very severe. But nevertheless, the idea that they might be is something that, that has real political weight, I believe. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Call and tell us what you think of Dave Chappelle's new Netflix special. Uh, tell us what you think of the idea of cancel culture, uh, the idea that if you say things that are over the line, that people think are over the line, perhaps uh, your career might be at risk, uh, that uh, you might not make as much money or get as many people uh, to be your fans uh, as you might like. Uh, also tell us what you think about the more general culture in which the president of the United States is saying things that uh, most people, many people would say are across the line. Is that changing the way we see entertainment, the way we think about things like comedy? Again, you can uh, go to the WDET Facebook page as well, uh, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's start with Christina in Rochester Hills. Christina, what's on your mind? Hi, how are you? Good. Um, I was just saying that I think that the culture is changing because I started watching the Dave Chappelle episode, and I turned it off because it was controversial to me, especially the things 
the comments about Michael Jackson. Um, I don't think that child, I'm a victim of child or survivor of childhood abuse, and I don't think it's something to joke about. And I also think that, you know, there's a lot of parents in that audience that, you know, a lot of people were laughing. And I think that you wouldn't think it's funny if your kids came to you and said that they were being abused or tell your kids, you know, that they're lying or what were you wearing or things like that. I think that that in itself, but I think in general, the comedy shows, we just watched the Wanda Sykes new episode too, and you know, she starts off the whole conversation by saying, if you came to my show and you voted for Donald Trump, you made the wrong choice again, and she's implicitive. <laughs> and I think that, you know, her half her episode um, was about the president, and but I think that he also set the precedence in the comments that he makes in being able to just say whatever he wants and also criticizing people publicly for their appearance or disabilities or things like that. And I think it is setting a precedent in how people are speaking up um, on either side and just saying what they want to say, whether it's controversial or not, and then saying, you know, people are sensitive. I think Mm. that that is an issue to be sensitive about when someone is joking about abuse or domestic abuse or any kind of abuse. I don't think that it's something that should be allowed at the air or something that should be, you know, people paying money to see. So, so tell me, Christina, are you a fan of Chappelle generally? I mean, is that what brought you to, to, to look at the Netflix special in the first place? Um, I, I started seeing Dave Chappelle when he, when I, when he first, uh, became popular and I saw him first in Ann Arbor and his, com- and his comedy is controversy in general, but I think it's gone way far, <laughs> um, from where it started, and I know he's always been outspoken, but um, I, I am a fan of different comedians, but I think that a lot of them have been um, going pretty far in what they're willing to say mm-hmm. and taking a lot of, like... So so you you feel like the comedians are, are pushing further, not, not necessarily that the culture is changing and reacting differently to things that they've been I saying think, all along. I think the culture's changing in what people are finding acceptable or in what people are finding um, that they're willing to uh, tolerate or listen to. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, or even allow online, um, like Netflix. Netflix knew, Netflix already produced it. It wasn't a live show. They right. you know, know what they were putting online, and they still you know, put it on their air. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Christina, I, I really appreciate uh, your calling, and I really appreciate the candor. Uh, that, yeah, that thank you're, you. That you're thank you for doing way. this episode too. I was really looking forward to listening to it today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to Bob in Warren. Bob, welcome. Hello, to the Stephen. Hey. Yes, uh, I wanted to comment on several several topics, especially what your last caller just addressed. Mm-hmm. First of all, my favorite comedian of all times was Joan Rivers. Okay, she insulted everybody all the time. <laughs> And she never once apologized when she said an offensive joke. I'm a comedian. It's a joke. Get over it, is what she would say. Mm-hmm. Now, when the president does it, it also depends on the person who delivers it. When the president does it, I find it very offensive because he means it. Now, also, growing up as a young gay boy, and I'm a gay man today, I'm 48 years old, my favorite sitcom of all times was All in the Family. <laughs> you know Archie Bunker, yeah. insults and the jokes he used to make, and he made what most gay people, I think, would find was a very offensive gay joke on that show back in the 70s. Hmm. I found it hysterical, though. I laughed out loud. Again, the context of who says it, how it's said, really makes a difference. 
Huh. I, uh, Joan Rivers, too, you know, I saw her in concert numerous times, and she also addressed, you know, the Michael Jackson issue uh, back then. Also, I, too, am a survivor of child sex abuse, and she used to joke about Michael Jackson and, the, you know, the things, and I found it funny. Hmm. So, a lot of the comic, comics and comedians use humor themselves as their own way of healing. Sure, sure. You know, you find a lot of overweight comics, comments constantly making jokes about their own weight so on and so forth as a way to therapeutically heal themselves and deal with all sure. the issues in their lives that have affected them yeah to own it uh, for themselves uh, bob i really appreciate the call uh, and the comments uh osito one uh talk about what bob is saying here that that the the speaker matters Mm -hmm. uh, the context in which you hear these things crossing the line as the president isn't the same thing as maybe crossing the line as a comedian well i think that's very well maybe true obviously the president is is not a comedian and the things (laughs) that he says about people and and the things he says um, about political issues uh, carry a very very different weight than uh, they would if he were uh, he were a comedian obviously the things that he says really matter often in in a policy sense even when he just says them on on Twitter, um, I think that the speaker matters. You know, maybe as far as comedy specifically is concerned, I think again that's basically up to people who are in these audiences who hear about the comedy and so on. I'm not really here to be the comedy police and say you know what is or isn't okay based on who is uh, is or isn't speaking. But my only point in, in this article um, is that when you make a controversial joke about, let's say abuse, child abuse. Um, and then people laugh in these audiences and, you know, you, you take your check and so on. And then afterwards you hear from people like Christina who say, well, I was a victim of abuse and I didn't really find that funny or other people who are offended by the parts of your team. Don't then go and say, well, I am being persecuted because Christina tweeted mm. or Christina wrote a blog post or an mm-hmm. article saying that they, they, this person thought that this joke was wrong. That's not persecution. That's not somebody used the word inquisition in criticizing people who criticize comics. It's not an inquisition. It's not McCarthyism. That is part of living in a society where you've chosen to make a controversial joke. Sure. And, and the thing that I will say is definitely harmful, whether or not people agree with the substance of Chappelle's material or Joan Rivers' material or anybody else's material, the thing I think it really is harmful is telling people when it's not actually the case that you are not allowed to say certain things right. in our society today because it's too costly and it's too controversial. I don't think that's true. I think that's a claim, again, with a lot of political power, and it's a claim that the president of the United States has used to his advantage. It's a claim that's being turned again into actual policy. Um, so when when you <laughs> when you create the impression that we really do live in a society that's too politically correct, I think you ought to be able to back that up with something more than just saying, well, this person criticized me or these people are likely to criticize me on social media. I don't think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about comedy and the line crossing that we are seeing from comics like Dave Chappelle. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Jimmy in Birmingham, Bernadette in Redford, Gabriella in Ann Arbor. We'll get to you next. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. 
This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Osida Wanevu. He has written a piece in The New Republic about Dave Chappelle's new Netflix special and the reaction to it. Dave Chappelle saying things that many people think cross the line in terms of taste and what's acceptable. Uh, they're pushing back against the comedian, and he's saying that it's a kind of persecution that he is suffering. Uh, what do you think? Have you seen Chappelle's new Netflix special? Are you thinking about the lines that uh, that we have in our culture in terms of comedy and commentary and other kinds of things? Uh, and what do you think the boundaries should look like? Uh, do you think that in 2019 they should be different than they were 10 or 50 years ago? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Jimmy in Birmingham. Jimmy, welcome to the show. Hey, Stephen. Great show. Hey, thanks. So I was telling Screener, the, the situation I face on occasion is as a parent with a child with special needs, particularly um, Down syndrome, you know, I'm constantly hearing jokes by either comedians or you know, reference to uh, Down syndrome in some way on a sitcom, particularly Family Guy. <laughs> They're notorious for it. Mm -hmm. You know, I have chosen to use those as opportunities to really educate people on what is really true. Not the joke usually doesn't um, it falls flat for me because it's it, it's not my experience, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I have tried to do is not you know, recoil and, and just say, oh, boo-hoo, like they're making fun of my child. But instead, I kind of use it as a platform to say, look, um, that's really not accurate, uh, this this joke that they're, you know, portraying. And, and so it, it's just a great opportunity, I think, to have a, to, to, to have a conversation um, about things that maybe uh, people just aren't as educated that maybe they should be. Um, and so I, I think that's, for me, that has become the most healthy way to, to approach uh, mm. situations like that. Yeah. So so do you find yourself, Jimmy, uh, avoiding certain comics because you feel like uh, they're, they're less sensitive than others? No, I don't think a comic's job is to be sensitive. I think a comic's job is to be relevant and to be funny. And, you know, some people will find certain things funny and other people won't. And mm. if you don't, then turn it off. Mm. Yeah. Jimmy, I really appreciate uh, the call uh, and you're sharing your experience. That's a, that's a really interesting way to try to deal with uh, with things that, that, that might offend. Uh, let's go to Rachel in Dexter. Rachel, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Sure. Um, I wanted to say I, I saw the uh, Dave Chappelle special and, you know, I was a big Dave Chappelle fan growing up and just this totally fell flat for me. A lot of his, you know, so-called controversial takes were just punching down, mm -hmm. which is kind of the, the laziest form of comedy, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and a lot of the things that he was saying, you know, he's being censored for or people being canceled for, it seems like people are conflating uh, censorship, freedom of speech with, like, feeling like they should be free from consequences of that speech. Sure. Um, so, you know, just crying cancel culture when someone... <laughs> has an opinion or disagrees with what you're saying or how you're saying it um, with the jokes. Like, 
you can say what you want. Nobody is stopping you from saying it, but then, you know, you, you can't complain when somebody is offended or when they don't like it. Sure. You, you have to deal with what you said, and that comes with all, you know, the gamut of consequences. Right, right. There is no special protection for saying things that uh, that might be offensive. Um, right. Rachel, Rachel, I really appreciate the call uh, and the perspective there. Let's go to Bernadette in Redford. Bernadette, Good welcome morning, to the show. Good hey. This situation reminds me of when I was working, and I worked with a guy who would say offensive things, and when he'd look at my face and I was about to explode, he'd say, just kidding. That's what it feels like huh. when I hear the term politically correct. It means that you can be discourteous to someone else and then blame it on the other person's um, being offended by huh. something that you meant to be insulting. Yeah, yeah, Bernadette, that's a really interesting. Uh, that's a really interesting perspective on it as well. This idea of you know pushing back against the pushback. Osita uh, Wanevu, uh, talk about what Bernadette is uh, is highlighting for us here. Well, I think she's exactly right. You know, one of the things I, I mentioned in this piece is that, um, you know, Netflix did a special with this guy named Joe Rogan, who is one of the sort of leading online critics of mm-hmm. political correctness. He has his own show online where he invites people who criticize political correctness a lot. And Netflix's title for this special, I think it came out either last year or maybe a couple of years ago, was just triggered, you know, just sort of advertising <laughs> that this was something that was going to make certain people mad and that was that was that was the that was the thesis of that special right that was that was the way it was framed and i think there were a lot of comedians who were doing exactly what bernadette has described just sort of saying things that they know are going to be outraged for a certain segment of people uh saying just kidding and when those people predictably get mad saying oh you know i'm a i'm a controversial comedian who's willing to push buttons and say things that people aren't willing to say Give me money, you know. It's, it's become a very lucrative <laughs> form of comedy that isn't really about anything but the controversy itself and the fact that they make people mad itself. I think that comedy, and again, people have different perspectives on this, but comedy is is at its best when it's not so referring to itself and the reactions that people have yeah. to the comedy, but like when it's when it's saying important things. Uh, about specific issues beyond the fact that that, that people get mad at uh, what the comedians in question are saying, but you know, people people will disagree with that perspective. You know, I don't I don't have I don't have a set of guidelines as to what is or isn't correct or right. isn't okay for comedians to say. People have the perspective that comedians should be punching up, not punching down. I don't have a real perspective on that um, or any of those questions beyond just saying, do not claim persecution right when what you're actually mad about is the fact that you've been criticized for making a joke yeah yeah uh, and criticized <laughs> on twitter <laughs> in most cases this is not this is not censorship of right. any real kind yeah Okay, Osita Wanevu, really great to have you here for this conversation on Detroit Today. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. That's going to do it for me today. I'm going to be back tomorrow, and I hope you will too. Republican Congressman Fred Upton and Democratic Congresswoman Debbie Dingell will join the program together to discuss working across the aisle now that the impeachment process has started. How is that going to work? And NPR's Hansi Lo Wong joins me in the studio during his trip to Michigan this week. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.